following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is Friday, September 28th. I'm Josh Dunn. I am joined by Dan Bauer and Anshu Khanna. Anshu, how are you? I'm doing super well watching the U.S. just get ripped up in the Ryder Cup afternoon session, but going all right. How are you guys? Yeah, good point. Ryder Cup this weekend, big there. Obviously keeping an eye on what the U.S. is doing. Dan, how you feeling? Feeling good, my friend. It's sunny, beautiful day here in Cleveland, Ohio. Ready to talk some sports with y'all. I like it. I like the enthusiasm here today. We're recording here early in the morning on Friday, so we are going to talk first about Thursday night football, and this was an offensive uh, performance by both teams. We had Kirk Cousins playing well. Jared Goff has a career day with five touchdowns. He had four of them in the first half. The Rams end up winning this one 38-31. You know, that Minnesota Vikings defense is looking a bit suspect in these last two games, obviously dropping the, the big upset to the Bills and then coming into L.A. here on Thursday night and losing another big game. This Minnesota team now 1-2-1. One, I'll start with you, Dan. What do you make of Minnesota's season so far here as we look to the future? I mean, they they kind of look like pretenders at this point. Yeah, I, I compare them a lot to the Saints as a team who can just put up a ton of points, but that defense has a lot of question marks around it. I mean, if these two make the playoffs, meet in the playoffs, I mean, that game's going to be like a 70 to 69 final uh, at this point. I mean, no, they can't, neither team can stop anybody. Uh, but yeah, that Minnesota team at 1 2 and 1. Uh, that is going to be a tough one to come back from. I, I mean, on the other side, the Rams look like just the runaway winners of the West at this point. And, and Minnesota's going to struggle in what we talked about uh, earlier this week or last week in what is going to be just an absolutely wild uh, and up-in-the-air NFC North playoff race. Yeah, Anshu, you've got to love seeing this as a Packers fan. You know, Minnesota, obviously the tie that the Packers are able to kind of sneak away from with, and now the Minnesota dropping this one and, you know, like like Dan said, that defense not looking great. Dalvin Cook looked terrible last night. I know he's coming back from an injury, but uh, what do you what do you think? I mean, as a Packers fan, do you think that this is their division to lose? I know the Bears are still in first place, but uh, I don't think anyone really sees them as a legitimate contender. Uh, well, people outside our fair city don't, but you know yeah. they do here. But yeah, no, I obviously do like seeing that one, two, and one. They're you know, they, I flipped the script on the Packers game. I think they easily could have lost that had Mason Crosby drilled that field goal or Clay not been called for those ridiculous penalties. Uh, that being said, you know, 1-2-1 one, and one is not where you want to be. They go to Philly next week, and, you know, it's not going to get much easier there. So, you know, they are staring down, you know, the barrel at 1-3-1 one, and one potentially, and uh, it gets a lot easier after that. They still have plenty of time, but... You know, when you think about it, they really have to win nine of 12 games here down the stretch to to win this, to conceivably win the North. And um, and even otherwise, they have to do about that well just to make the playoffs. So, 
it's going to be tough sledding for the Vikings. Um, you know, obviously impressive from Kirk Cousins against a pretty good Rams defense. Uh, but, you know, other than that, it's it's going to be tough for them. And, uh, you know, like you said, the defense looks really like a shell of itself. If you date back to late last season, they've been kind of a disaster in terms of hemorrhaging yards and points. So, um, you know, if this is a preview of an NFC playoff game. I don't like their chances. Yeah, I would agree. And you look at the Rams on the other side of the ball. The one thing I did see from the Rams that worried me a little bit, most of this game was their defense was really not able to get to the quarterback. I think part of that was Kirk Cousins able to get rid of the ball when the you know mm-hmm. the defensive line was able to get kind of pressure on him. But there was 900 yards passing in this game, just about <sighs> eight, eight passing touchdowns. You had the resurgence of the white wide receiver with Adam Thielen and Cooper Cup, <laughs> who both go for almost 150 yards and, and Cup has the two touchdowns. Thielen has one. I mean, what do you make of the Rams? Obviously, their division is not really up for a competition, it seems like. But when you look at that defense, obviously, they have a lot of big names. They bring in Ndamukong Sue. They bring in Akeem Talib. They bring in Marcus Peters. Uh, Peters plays a little banged up in this one. But, you know, the defense just did not look great. Is that all a concern for you, Anshu, as you look as the Rams as a legitimate contender going forward in the year? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it should to leave is out for at least six to eight weeks. I, I mean, he could be out for the season. He's on IR. They're hoping he comes back. Uh, Peter's playing was kind of a surprise and he didn't look great. I thought the Rams or the Vikings did a great job of showing how to beat this team, but you cited the most Im- impressive and important thing here. The Vikings biggest issue is their offensive line and they did a really good job locking up Sue Donald and and the Albany up until the very end of the game when obviously they got home a couple times Um, but it is a concern you can't hope to win a bunch of shootouts I mean their offense right now looks like you know it looks next generation does the Rams but uh, we'll see I mean it's it's still early they're 4-0 the schedule looks really not that daunting but I'll tell you what um, I'm circling I think that's week. Uh, it's a, it's November eighteenth. I think it's week uh, eleven. They play Kansas City in Mexico City. Those Mexicans are going to have a fun time watching that <laughs> show because that is going to be a fiesta of points for sure. That is going to be <laughs> awesome. Um, so circle that on your calendars. And that honestly, I, I don't want to say yet, but that could be their only blemish on their schedule. When you look at the Rams down the line, they have a very very easy open schedule. They go to Seattle this week, and then it gets a lot easier. So, um, yeah, I mean, just to answer your question again, the defense, a little concerning, but you got to think that their players in that scheme by Wade Phillips will be fine down the line. Yeah, you mentioned that they kind of got to the quarterback when it mattered. They had the big sack fumble at the end of the game, and then Minnesota couldn't really put anything together on their last opportunity with the football. So, you know, the Rams win this one. We'll see what happens with the Vikings. Uh, but there's a lot more football yet to be played this weekend. Let's start and kind of break up the show with a little zero bias since all three of our teams are playing on a Sunday for once. Uh, we've got uh, Bengals at Falcons. We've got your Packers hosting the Buffalo Bills. And then Dan's Browns go on the road to Oakland as Oakland's trying to get their first win. We'll start with Dan. The Browns now 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Uh, They have an opportunity to get a winning record for the first time since Jesus walked the earth. Uh, and the Oakland, the Oakland Raiders have uh, really kind of in a must-win situation. Their offenses looked okay at times. They have weapons on that side of the ball, but the defenses look terrible for this team that obviously lost Cal, uh, Kelvin Mack, or excuse me, uh, Khalil Mack. And uh, the, the Raiders really need to pick up a win. They are favored two and a half point favorites in this one. It is a late game. But Dan, what do you think your Browns need to do to get the win on the road here? 
Honestly, I think it's not going to be, I don't want to say too difficult to get a win on the road, but this Raiders team is going to be playing nervous football, backs against the wall. As you mentioned, it's an absolute must win for the Raiders. And the Browns, on some level, are playing with a little bit of house money. I mean, I don't think most people expected them to be 1-1-1 one, one, and one through three games. And so they're kind of playing, they're playing loose football at this point. Uh, Baker gets a, an extended week since they played last Thursday night uh, to get ready for this Oakland team. And the, from a momentum perspective, you have two teams going in completely opposite directions. So uh, if you're the Browns, Baker just needs to not turn over the football. Um, this team can run on this Raiders team, that defense, uh, especially with the loss, as you mentioned, of Khalil Mack, it just doesn't look like the same team. So ground and pound, let our, uh, let our running backs do what they need to do. Uh, and just Baker, make sure you don't turn over the football. And I think this is a, you know, it's a Browns defense that uh, is a is a top five defense at this point. And I think continue uh, to put pressure on uh, Carr. And I think we have a real shot to win this one. And I know that's crazy optimistic, and I, I'm being that Homer Browns fan, but I really think this is a game that the Browns can win by, you know, by a field goal probably at most. But it's still a winnable one. Yeah, obviously Baker Mayfield getting his first start. You know, you expect turnovers from a rookie, but the guy who's been turning the ball over in this game the most has been Derek Carr. He's got five interceptions on the year compared to his only two touchdowns. Uh, you know, he's been able to get the ball down the field, but the turnovers have really bit this Oakland team, and they've lost some winnable games. Uh, Anshu, do you think they can right the ship here against the rookie Baker Mayfield, put some pressure on this guy, and force some turnovers to get a victory at home? Uh I mean, I think that Dan pretty much nailed it, and I agree with you. Yeah, they they do need to force Baker Mayfield into some turnovers. I will say, I, I think that I don't think it's going to be that easy for the Browns to run on the Raiders. I mean, the Dolphins only rushed for 40 yards last week. Um, you know, the the Raiders really dominated that game against Miami on the road. They just could not finish drives uh, after the first quarter when they were hit, hooking up with Jordy. So I, I you know. I don't think this game is going to be a, a, like a shoe-in by any means. The Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites. That indicates that Vegas thinks they're about the same as the Browns. I think that's probably fair. Um, you know, 0-3, like you said, backs against the wall. Let's see what they've got. I, I think the Raiders are going to pound the ball with Lynch and just see what they can do. Um, but, you know, I expect uh, – you know, I, I don't think these two teams are that bad. I know their records aren't that great, specifically the Raiders – but it's going to be a good test for Mayfield. Um, and, yeah, I think they've got to force Mayfield into some turnovers. Otherwise, it's going to be another uh, – it's going to be an 0-4 start for the Raiders. And could we see the Browns with a winning record? I just can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, I think I think this game will be close. I mean, the Raiders have given up over 380 yards a game uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I don't necessarily think the Browns have it in them to put those kind of numbers up with a rookie quarterback in his first start. Uh, but the Raiders have also – Average over 400 yards a game themselves on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Let's not forget, you mentioned that they kind of dominated against Miami, but they drop a game against Denver on the road where they they lose the game by a point and really should have should have probably won that game. And then their other game was at home against the Rams. So I, I think that this uh, that this game will come down like Dan said, probably to a field goal. But I do think Oakland will have enough, just kind of in that back against the wall mentality. And, uh, you know, trying to put Derek Carr in a position where he's not going to turn the ball over that much that I think they do come away with the victory here. Uh, but it'll be right around what that spread is. And I think this is going to be a close one. I, I think it'll be a fun game to watch for two teams that sometimes aren't so fun to watch. So we'll see what happens. I know we're all on opposite sides of this one, but uh, that's what makes this fun. 
So, Anshu, we've got your Packers. Uh, they need to rebound. And Aaron Rodgers still hobbling noticeably in this past uh, this past weekend's game against Washington. Green Bay big favorites in this one, nine and a half point favorites at home. Uh, what do you see your Packers team doing here to kind of help protect Aaron Rodgers and, and try to help him continue to be on the mend against the team that nobody expected to beat uh, Minnesota, but they came out and did it in a big way? Yeah, that Bills game. I mean, and then you watch what the Vikings did last night. It's it's hard to reconcile those two. I'm I'm just confused. That game is going to be a weird outlier for me until we see what happens. I guess this week is a first. Look, the Vikings were 16 and a half point favorites at home last week. The Packers are nine and a half. Are you telling me the Vikings are seven points better than the Packers, or are the Bills seven points better than what we thought they were before last week? I I think the Packers are probably you know this game should be between 11 and 12 points in terms of differential. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that to protect Aaron Rodgers, you, they, they're losing, they're going to lose their right guard for this game. Brian Bulaga, their right tackle, is questionable, so that's not going to make things any easier. My guess is they'll roll Jamal Williams out quite a bit just because he's their, unfortunately, he's not their best running back, but he's by far their best pass-blocking back. So as long as they run the pistol with Rodgers, which is what they kind of have to do because of his leg, um, they'll be using a lot of Jamal Williams. And, um, you know, that being said, I just think they're the better team. And I think that their offensive line will hold up better than Minnesota's did specifically against Jerry Hughes. So I like Green Bay in this. I, I think they should win handily. Um, but, you know, if, if they lose this, I think the season's coming apart at the, you know, at the seams for sure. Yeah, the Bills, on the other hand, their leading rusher right now is Josh Allen, their rookie quarterback, which is wild. Oh, man. They get who didn't even LaShawn. start early. Yeah, exactly. They do get LaShawn McCoy back in this game. Uh, they're going to need him, in my opinion, against this Green Bay team. But I just don't think the Bills have enough to get it done. Dan, do you have any additional thoughts here as we look to Green Bay trying to get their record to a winning record along with your Brownies? I will say I do think Buffalo can cover this one. Again, with Aaron Rodgers clearly not being healthy, Josh Allen looking obviously much more comfortable uh in this game last week against Minnesota. I mean, if he can have another game like he did last week, you know, essentially go 15 for 20, 200 yards and a touchdown, I think it'll be closer. Again, I don't think that uh, Buffalo can beat Green Bay, but I would expect it to be a little bit closer than that 10 points. I mean, as crazy and as bad as the Bills looked in the first couple weeks, I mean, 10 points is still a huge spread in the NFL. So I, I would expect Buffalo to cover, but I think you'll continue to see Josh Allen get uh, you know a little bit better, a little bit more comfortable, and if he can just play just as well as he did last week, I think it's you know more like a you know four or seven point game rather than a ten or twelve point game. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. I, I think that they could potentially cover this spread, but they do need to get McCoy involved. And it, the, the big question mark for the, the Packers is going to be what their defense looks like against this rookie quarterback. I think if they could put pressure on Allen and kind of make him force some passes that he doesn't want to do uh, and force a few turnovers, I think it could end up being a big-time blowout. But uh, I do think the Bills have enough there on the defensive side of the ball to make it interesting. But if Rodgers has time in the pocket, he's going to pick that defense apart regardless of how good it is. So we'll see. It'll be an interesting game. I'm I'm thinking Packers big, but uh, I, I could see them covering, like you said, Dan. Uh, save the worst for last here when we talk about the zero bias segment. So the Cincinnati Bengals are going to go on the road to play the Atlanta Falcons and their you know, high-powered offense. Uh, a lot of 
concerns on the uh, defensive side of the ball injury-wise for the Falcons, but they look like they may get Devontae Freeman back this weekend. Unfortunately for the Bengals, the line has been moving Atlanta's way. I think it opened at two or two and a half, and now it's a four-point spread for the Falcons. Uh, Dan, the interdivision rival Bengals, this is kind of a make-or-break game for them to show that they're still you know, the kings of the north, as you guys put it, uh, which I don't necessarily think they are. Uh, they're two and one. They need a win on the road here against Atlanta, but uh, that Atlanta defense has looked nearly unstoppable so far this year. What do you see out of this one? So I think Atlanta comes uh, comes out with a win in this one. You have a comparable game, obviously, against the Panthers that that you guys dropped and Atlanta won. So I mean, I think that's a good baseline to to at least start it. And two teams that I think are fairly similar. I mean, I don't think talent wise that that the two teams are that far off. Obviously, I've been pretty high on the Bengals, you know, more than you have, but. I think talent-wise, it's it's a pretty comparable, um, pretty comparable teams, but obviously game being played in Atlanta, so uh, that gives you a little bit more of an advantage. But it, it's going to be a shootout. I mean, neither of these teams, uh, you know, essentially all of them been putting up 30 points a game uh, on both sides and giving up 20, 25 points a game. So uh, it's going to be a high-scoring one. You know, I expect this one ends up, you know, 35-28, something like that. Uh, uh, but it should be a, like you said. I think it's going to be just like Browns uh, Raiders, I think it's going to be a very fun game that maybe isn't necessarily the most two fun teams to watch, uh, but it's going to be a good one. I, I might disagree with you on the fun teams to watch. I think this one has a lot to look out for on both sides of the ball. So the defenses both need to prove themselves and the offensive have already seemed to have done that. I do agree that the game is somewhat similar as far as talent to the, the Panthers, uh, but the Panthers defense is light years ahead of what Atlanta's is at this point. I think, I think the Bengals have an opportunity to really pick that Atlanta defense apart. And it's really just going to come down to whether or not their defense can stop Matt Ryan and obviously Calvin Ridley with his explosive game last week, and then Julio Jones. So that's what I think is going to be the difference in this game. I think, it again, it's going to be coming down to like a field goal potentially uh, in this one. But, Anchu, I, I don't know what to expect out of Andy Dalton. I misspoke last week when I said that he uh, threw no interceptions up till that game against Carolina. He did have one early on against uh, the, the Colts, but he's now – got 860 yards on the year which is great he's thrown eight touchdowns but he's got those five interceptions four of them last week I mean do you think that he has enough to get it done against this Atlanta defense that obviously has had a lot of injuries they've obviously given up a lot of points even as early as or as recent as last week against the Saints I mean I think that's going to be the difference do you think he'll have enough on the road against Atlanta uh yeah I do I think that it's going to be you know the, the over under on this is 53 and a half which I believe is the highest of the week um aside from last night's game so you know, I, I think that uh, I think we're like you guys said, I think we're in for fireworks. I think that the Bengals defense is better than the Falcons defense. And I think their offense is just about as good when compared against that opposing defense. So, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm very high on this Bengals team. Um, I think that they're especially in this game. I, I just look, I think that they can put up a ton of points. The Falcons have given up, you know, 30. They gave up 43. Then they gave up 30 or 24 to Carolina and. 18 against Philly, but that game was weird and Foles looked terrible. So, yeah, and they had all their pieces there. So, yeah, I, I like Cincy in this one. I think that, you know, the third straight home game for the Falcons, maybe they're not appreciating the home field advantage as much by that third game. It's rare you'll see three straight. I I just, I think the Bengals are going to go out and uh, definitely cover four. Um, I like them to win this game outright, honestly. I think that this is a this is a very favorable matchup for them when you think about Eifert and Gio against the linebacking and the safeties that are so banged up for the Falcons and the way that Tyler Boyd emerged last week. 
Um, you know, the, the Falcons really only have one good corner. So I really like the Bengals here. It is worth mentioning as well that A.J. Green missed most of the second half last week with a pelvic injury. And, uh, you yeah. know, the, the turnovers at times were a bit fluky in that game against Carolina. I mean, that's a winnable game for the Bengals. And I, I think that I just think that with the, the, the defense that uh, Atlanta has shown so far in this year, I, I do think they have an opportunity to pick them apart. And I just I agree with you, Anshu, that I just. I think that when you look at the two defenses, the Bengals have a little bit of a leg up. But if Devontae yep. Freeman does come back, which he's questionable, he's worked out limited so far this week. If he does come back, that gives them another dynamic and puts Tevin Coleman back in the role that suits him best, which is, you know, out of the backfield, change of pace guy. And Joe Mixon has been ruled out, although he's been coming closer to getting back. So I'm really I'm excited for this game. One of the kind of games I've been most excited for here early in the season when you look at the matchup, but uh, Drake Kirkpatrick needs to play in this one, and he's questionable, obviously. Been looking forward to the matchup against Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley being an Alabama guy himself, so it'll be interesting to see how that story develops. But uh, moving on, I did want to touch on the other games. We'll start with the early slate, and I'm just going to rattle off the games, and then we can kind of touch on the ones that you guys think are the most appealing. Uh, Jets go on the road to take on the Jaguars. Jags big favorites in this one, seven and a half. Uh, is the line for that one. Dolphins will take on the Patriots. We'll see if the Dolphins are for real. And the Pats obviously, you know, need a win here at one and two. Uh, Eagles go to the Titans. Uh, Texans at Colts. Lions at Cowboys. And Buccaneers at Bears. So that's the early slate. Uh, Anchu, we'll start with you. What games here, game or games, really stand out as, as must-watch games when you look at the early slate here on Sunday, aside from the ones we've touched on already? Uh well, two of them stand out to me. First, Dolphins, Patriots, like you said, 3-0 and at 1-2. and The Pats, I, I've been saying, I think they're like a couple weeks away from really humming and becoming what they will be down the line. But the honest truth is if they go down to a three-game a three game deficit, essentially, in the division with, you know, the tiebreaker at home already being lost to the Dolphins, that makes it very, very interesting. I don't expect that to happen, to be clear. But great litmus test earlier this season. I expect the Pats to roll off the mat and just dominate the Dolphins, and I feel like this is going to be one of those 40-14 to 14 type games, personally. Do you, um, do you think Josh Gordon will play in that game? I think he will, yeah. It sounds like he's getting ramped up. I, I think they'll have a package of plays for him, if nothing else, just to go down the field and open things up for Gronk, and they need a vertical threat, because right now their guys, Hogan and uh, and you know, without Edelman, Hogan and, and Burke has been hurt. They, they just have not, and Gronk, they have not been able to, to free their, their passing game up at all. So I think that they definitely need a floor space or a, um, a field space or like Gordon. And I think that he'll be able to bring that to the table. So uh, yeah, that'll be something to watch for. And then the other one, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Tampa Bay at Chicago looks like a huge game early on in this season, both teams two and one, the bucks obviously heading to the bye next week. Well-documented, uh, seems like Fitz is going to start, but you know if he doesn't play well, it's going to be the Jameis show again starting Week Five. Bears trying to prove their mettle against a really good pass offense. They haven't been great in the pass defense. They've obviously been awesome rushing the passer. Um, so this is this is one that strangely looks like the game of the week on the, the Sunday slate. It's just crazy to me, but it should be fun. Yeah, that, that'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, the Bears favored in this game. They're three-point favorites, and the Bucks, like you said, that that QB situation in Tampa is going to be interesting to watch because you can't expect them to have too long of a leash as they sit at 2-1 and one and they go to Chicago in what I think is a very winnable game for them. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they, they stick with Fitzpatrick if he struggles early or, or they end up going to Jameis. It sounds like Fitz is getting most of the first-team reps in practice, but that's going to be a fun storyline to keep an eye on. 
uh, as we look here at week four. Dan, you, you kind of heard the games that Anshu touched on. Were there any others, or did you want to expand upon any of the things Anshu said with those early games? No, I'll echo, echo what Anshu said on the other early games. But the other big one is Lions-Cowboys. I think whoever wins or whoever loses this game can kiss their playoff hopes goodbye. I think this is a big one, and I know it's early. I know it's only week four. Uh, but if one of these teams goes to one and three, that's a huge hole to climb out. Uh, obviously, we we mentioned the the just absolute cluster that the NFC North is going to be. That the Lions need to keep pace. They need to get a win if they're going to stay in that hunt. Uh, and the Cowboys as well, a team that has been very very hard to figure out. And from week to week, just who knows what you're going to get out of them. I think they need to get a win as well. Uh, Dallas is three point favorites at this point, but. Uh, I, I think it's kind of a coin flip game, and I think that is a, an absolute must win uh, for for those teams. Yeah, I've got, I, I wanted to, t- to touch on the two other uh, two of the other games, I should say, in their early slate. So they got Eagles at Titans. The Titans will have Mariota back, probably the healthiest he's been this year. The Eagles, to me, have not looked extraordinary this year. Obviously, Carson Wentz is coming back from injury. He just played one game so far. He looked okay, but uh, he didn't look like the Carson Wentz that was on pace to win the MVP last year. And the Titans, I just don't know what to expect out of them either. Their defenses looked great, but their offenses looked absolutely terrible. They can't get the ground game going. They, they, they can't get the ball to their playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm interested to see both of these teams in this game to see which one of them is for real and to see who uh, improves to three and one, because at this point in the year, I don't see either of them as, as two and one, or excuse me, as three, as three and one teams. Philly's the favorite at home or on the road there at that three and a half point favorites. The other one is the Texans at Colts. Uh, I know the records wouldn't say that this is a game that anybody should really be keeping an eye on, but the Texans are at a point now in the season where if they don't win this game, I mean, they could be talked about as one of the worst teams in the league. If they, if they drop to and four, the Colts, you know, they're favored. They're one-point favorites in this game. It's basically a pick em, But the Colts, I, I, I'm not a believer in. I think Houston's going to come out and make a statement. I think you're going to see a lot of offense out of them. Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, Fuller. Uh, I, I think this this is a game that they could really come out. DeAndre Hopkins, I expect to have a big one as well. So those are the two I'm keeping an eye on in the early slate. Uh, when you look to the late slate, we already talked about Browns Raiders. Uh, we've got Seahawks at Cardinals, Saints at Giants. 49ers at Chargers, and then the night game is the Ravens at the Steelers. Uh, Dan, we'll start with you this time. Uh, obviously, some teams here really needing a win. Where do you see uh, out of these late games as the ones to keep an eye on as well? So none of the other afternoon games really seem uh, you know, too must-watch for me, and I'll just go straight to the Sunday night game uh, and what is going to, on some level, help set the pace in the AFC North, depending on what your Bengals do, obviously. But uh, Ravens going into Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh three-point favorite. Should be a really fun one, and I think it's a game that the Steelers absolutely have to win uh, to to keep pace again with how well your Bengals are playing, how well the Ravens look. I think the Steelers need to get a win at home uh, on the Sunday night game. And uh, if you're a Ravens team, if you can get a win and go to three and one and really separate yourself uh, from the Steelers, this is is going to be huge and have major implications going forward on on how these teams need to play the the you know middle half of the season to really have serious playoff hopes. And my question back to you. As a Bengals fan, and this might be hard for you, are you rooting for the Steelers to get a W just so you can kind of keep uh, keep both those teams middle around the 500 mark? I'm offended you even asked. <laughs> yeah, um, I would never hell? root for the Steelers. The Steelers would never. If the Steelers were 0-15 in Week 16, the Bengals needed them to win the game in order for them to go to the playoffs. I would still root against the Steelers. I absolutely hate the Steelers. You know that. 
you know, I, I hope they trade Le'Veon Bell, and I hope I hope this team continues to implode. But that big win on Monday night, you know, that puts them in a completely different position now. But the Bengals also, to, to be to bring it back down to earth a little bit, the Bengals also already have the head-to-head win against the Ravens, so that's huge. I, and I don't know that you know this this team is built necessarily to to beat the Steelers at this point. I, I think that as the Bengals get better and get some wins under their belt, they will be, and they'll get healthier before that Steelers game. But they should have Billy Price and Mixon back by the time they play them. And I just, you know, I, I want to see the Ravens put a whooping on the Steelers at the at, in Pittsburgh. But aren't you, you know, obviously you probably want to touch on that game as well. But were there any of the others? I mean, Saints on the road at the Giants. Uh, I think the 49ers, obviously, with Garoppolo going down, there's probably not a lot to watch for. That's actually the biggest spread of the weekend. The Chargers, 10 points favorites there. But, you know, I think the Seahawks-Cardinals uh, game is interesting just because of how desperate I think the Seahawks are to get back to 500. And then, obviously, there's a rookie quarterback there starting, your boy Josh Rosen, for the Cardinals. Yeah, that was the one I was going to mention real quick, just to see what Josh Rosen looks like against a pretty good defense against Earl Thomas and that those guys uh, on the other side. So I, you know, I think that that'll be interesting. If nothing else, at least it's at home. If it was on the road, I would say that's a disaster waiting to happen for Rosen. But this could be interesting, at least. Seattle's still three point favorites in that. Um, yeah, and I mean, like you said, Sunday night. It, it's a week afternoon slate, not for fantasy, but definitely for reality. Um, but yeah, I mean, that Raven Steelers game, of course, is is you know the the bellwether for what's going to happen the rest of the season uh, in that division. And, um, you know, you expect the Steelers, I would say, to, to come back when that came and really make those, it a, it could be a four-way race with all four teams right around, you know, two and two or better. So it could be very, very interesting if we're talking AFC North on Sunday night after this. Definitely. And then the Monday night game is going to be fun. We'll touch on that on Monday's show. Uh, we kind of uh, spent a decent amount of time here talking about the NFL games, but we did just briefly want to talk about the uh, baseball playoff race that's taking place. There's only a few games left here this weekend, and then we'll be uh, heading into October and getting ready for the playoffs, Dan, which I know you're looking forward to. But on uh, the, the NL side, we've got a couple races that are really coming down to the wire here. So I just wanted to touch on the playoff races. The, the Cubs did take a one-game lead on Milwaukee with a win last night. Uh, the Rockies have a game up on the Dodgers. So these two races are coming down to the wire. The, the Cardinals obviously hoping that a couple of those teams or one of those teams falter so that they can earn a wild card spot. But the NL definitely looking very competitive here down the stretch. Dan, how do you see things shaking up here as we look toward the season coming to a close? Uh, well, Milwaukee and Chicago both playing well when you need to. Uh, Milwaukee seven, uh, wins seven out of their last ten. Chicago wins six out of their last ten. Uh, I do have a feeling that Milwaukee's going to sneak in there and actually win the division. Uh, th- they are just playing so well, and that Cubs team, uh, you know, maybe getting a little nervous here. Uh, and Milwaukee playing, like I said, a little bit of house money, kind of what we talked about earlier today. So I think Milwaukee is going to end up pulling out this division. I don't necessarily uh, think that the Dodgers can hang on. Well, they don't even have to hang on anymore. Colorado took uh, to go to the division lead. They've won seven straight. So. I think Colorado ends up uh, winning this whole thing. Milwaukee ends up winning uh, their division as well. And then it's down to uh, Cubs, Dodgers, and um, Cardinals for that, uh, or Dodgers, Cardinals for that last playoff spot. Uh, And that one is going to be interesting as well. Both of those teams not playing well. Dodgers lost last two. uh, St. Louis got swept. Um, So it's going to be an interesting one. I think the Dodgers pull it out. I mean, they're just a better team 
overall, I think, uh, talent-wise, even though their record doesn't reflect it. But, I mean, good on St. Louis for making it interesting at the end. Uh, but I think you're going to see Cubs-Dodgers in that one-game wild card, which none of us predicted at the start of the season that those two would be playing for the play-in game. Yeah, good point. And, you know, Atlanta was the first uh, the first team to clinch the division here. And, you know, obviously we talked about Atlanta, aren't you? This is a team that maybe a year ahead of where people expected them to be. Do you think this team's for real? Can they make any noise in the playoffs, obviously? And I'd, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this uh, these divisional races down the stretch in the NL as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been hating on the Braves all season, so why not continue? I don't, I look, they could be the two seed after all this. And that's crazy to me that after all this is said and done, they are very likely to have home field advantage here in the first round, um, against whoever they play. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not sure if they can do a whole lot. I think they're still too young, but who knows? Like, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. I'm just not sure they have the pitching, but then again, when you look around, you look at the Cubs and the Brewers and, you know, even the Rockies, I don't know that there's a lot of daunting pitching staffs. Really, the only one that scares you, I would say, or the one who's a massive strength would be the Dodgers, but they may or may not even make it. So, um, yeah, no, I think that, you know, just coming down to it, that we are in position for some potential play-in games leading into the playoffs. So the, the Cubs and Brewers could conceivably be tied, and then they would have to play a one-game playoff for the division that then dictates who plays in the play-in game against the Dodgers that then dictates who's on the road. So it's just, there's a lot of moving pieces here for a last weekend. And, um, you know, the one game playoff thing has been, you know, revolutionary. But if you think about that from the Cubs and Brewers perspectives, if they have two one game playoffs before even getting to a series, they could conceivably have their number three starter going twice in that series. And again, those are two bad rotations. So, um, you know, there's a lot to be decided, but having that division sewn up early is a huge advantage, it seems like. Yeah, definitely. I, it's going to be fun. Uh, I know October is a fun time for you two as, as baseball nerds, but uh, we'll be all keeping an eye on it. Will the, the, the leftovers crew here uh, wanted to real quick get a qu- couple of oh, by the ways for you got from you guys before we call it a night. I'm going to give mine first. I was at uh, the White Sox-Indians batting practice the other night, uh, the Sox last home game of the year. And uh, just a fun fact that uh, I was reading about after the game, the Sox are on pace to set the MLB strikeout record. Uh, so, you know, obviously we know this team is is young and they're, they're working their way toward a rebuild and, and trying to get to, to a point where they're a dominant force. But Yohan Moncada has been kind of the guy for them that they look toward the future uh, to kind of, be their star and he leads the league in strikeouts with 214 but the, the White Sox on pace to set that strikeout record but I will say it was a fun season I was with you on you for the opening game of the season at Sox Park and then uh, the last game of the year uh, against the Indians so uh, uh, putting a bow on a season that wasn't great to watch up as far as the baseball on the field but has been fun to watch some of these young guys come up uh, so that's my oh by the way on what do you have yeah and Moncada very much could be the all-time leader in single-season strikeouts as well. But that's all right. He's going to be fine. They'll be fine. Um, so my, oh, by the way, will be the Ryder Cup. We've talked a little bit about it. Uh, you know, the, the U.S. goes up 3-1 in the early session, but then it looks like they will get swept away 4-0 in the afternoon session, which would be the first time that's happened since 1989. That is not ideal. So it looks like they'll probably be down 5-3 heading into day two. Uh, just not, just surprising, really, because I think the U.S. has the far better team. But, you know, the way that Europe's playing uh, in front of the home crowds there in France, 
it's uh it's going to be tough to to climb back but i i'm i'm really looking forward to continuing to watch this hopefully we get some more prime time it sucks that it happens overnight while we're we could otherwise be watching but good times and uh tune into a little bit of this if you can it's unlike any other golf tournament the crowds are insane the players encourage it and it's just uh it's a really fun watch absolutely dan take us home uh, so a little bit on brand, but off brand at the same time for my, oh, by the way, former Indian CC Sabathia, uh, cost himself a half a million dollars here the other day because, uh, he got ejected from a game. He was two innings short of a performance or a number of innings bonus that would have given him an extra 500 grand. Uh, then raise the raise pitcher Andrew Kittredge throws a ball behind Austin Romine uh, in a game that was not even close at the time. CC comes back up, first batter, plunks him in the leg, and gets ejected. So uh, shout-out to CC Sabathia for the uh, doing some old-school baseball to uh, cost himself half a million bucks. What a loser. Uh, I did see that. That's that's an interesting one. But uh, so much. For, I think CC's made probably enough money in his career, I would say. Yeah, I don't think he's going to miss Anything it. I, yeah, anything to add for the good of the group from either of you? We went a little long in the tooth this episode, but it's worth it. We are so excited for Sunday football and a decent slate of uh, college games this weekend. We've got the Ryder Cup. Sports are back, folks, and uh, we are here to bring them to you when they come. So anything to add for the good of the group before we let our listeners hit the weekend hard? Go Brownies. Yes, sir. Who day? All right, boys. <laughs> for Anshu Khanna and Dan Bauer, this is, I've been Josh Dunn. This is The Leftovers. 